I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Most of us don't like to be told no when we ask for something. We don't like to feel the disappointment, the letdown, the frustration of not getting our wants or our needs met. And if we hate to be on the receiving end of a no, well, that can easily get in the way of us giving a no to someone, even when it is merited. We humans need social connections and belonging and being told no or giving a no can feel like a threat to relationships and to connectedness. When we put relationships first all the time, it can be easy to forget how to say no. And if you can't say no, you will always be putting someone else's needs ahead of your own. Today, I'm going to teach you how to say no with the utmost professionalism, compassion, and grace. So last week, I was with a client organization doing a customized training program on increasing influence and having difficult conversations. The group was very lively and spirited and interactive. I must say, I was beside myself to be in a room with so many engaged people. And one of the things that came up for this group was the need to say no. They are a multifaceted team or set of teams, actually, with stakeholders all throughout their organization and outside the organization as well. And many of these stakeholders want them to drop everything that their team is working on and do the things that the stakeholders need them to do, like right now, (laughs) because time is of the essence. They need it yesterday, and so on. Now, in many instances, these stakeholders can and should come to the team well in advance with their requests and follow the processes that are set up for them to get the service and help that they need. Now, of course, this is not always the case. There are some types of situations that come up for the stakeholder groups that are not things that can be planned for. So, of course, there are exceptions. But about 95% of the time, the things that they want this team to drop everything and help them with something else instead could be planned for in advance. And, you know, like any savvy business person, the people on this team want to provide excellent customer service both internally and externally. But sometimes, Good customer service does not mean dropping everything to help someone who is in their own self-made emergency because they didn't plan in advance or follow the prescribed process. We need to teach people how we can serve them best. So the conundrum for this group is how do we get our internal and external stakeholders to follow the processes that we've already designed and not come to us with last minute requests? They described it to me as saying yes a lot of the time when they wish they could say no. When we say yes, when we mean no, it gets us in trouble. On one hand, it's passive aggressive to appease the other person with a yes when we wish to say no. It also puts our own work plan and our own workload out of balance and in jeopardy. 
Most of us know what we're working on today and this week and so on. If I'm dropping that plan to help you with something, then it comes at the expense of the work that I was planning on doing. And I'm not honoring my own boundaries when I do that. And I'm going to get behind in my regular work schedule. All of these are issues that come at the expense of dropping everything to give someone a yes. So today, I'm going to teach you how to say no. Now, there are lots of reasons that we don't like to say no. Maybe you think it's rude to say no. Maybe you think that the customer is always right and that you have to say yes. Maybe you feel guilty when you say no. Maybe you're afraid of disappointing someone. Maybe you think that they will perceive you as less likable. There are countless reasons why you might not want to say no. But there are also so many places in work and in life when a confident and firm no is what's required. Many people have great difficulty in giving that confident and firm no. So as we talk about saying no today, I want to encourage you to think about all the places in your life where you could benefit from saying no more confidently or at least saying no at all. All right, let's look at an analogy. Parenting is always a fun place to look for analogous situations. And I would wager that most of the people who are listening are either parents or were once kids and have or had parents. All right, if a kid comes and asks a parent for a cookie shortly before dinner time, and the parent tells them that, you know, this isn't the right time to have a cookie, but then they give them one anyway, and they say, okay, just this once. Well, if the parent then does the same thing the next day and the next day and the next day, the kid doesn't even consider that no is even a possible answer. The kid is going to be conditioned that they're going to get that cookie no matter what. There is zero incentive for the kid to ask for their cookie at the time that the parent thinks is a more appropriate time because the parent keeps giving the kid the cookie at the time that they want the cookie. Now, the parent is acquiescing to the child's wishes and not enforcing the process that they prefer the child to be using, asking for the cookie at a more appropriate time so that it doesn't ruin their dinner. Now, the same thing happens at work. If there's a process to follow and you make an exception without giving a solid reason and redirecting the person back to the process for the next time, that person will keep coming back to you, expecting you to behave the same way that you did the last time that they asked you for this thing. Let's say it's a maintenance request. Now, if a business system is down and it's causing a lack of productivity or lack of revenue for the company, that would definitely be a drop everything and help them type situation. That's not one that you can say no to, at least not very easily. But what if it's a preventative maintenance request? Let's put a hypothetical example to it. Let's say that Jennifer is planning a high-profile event at her facility, and she's noticed that some of the carpet tiles are worn in the area where the guests will be gathering the most. She thinks this will be negatively perceived by the guests and that it will make the event space look shabby and that it will reflect poorly on her and on the organization. She knows there is a form for requests like this and a process that goes along with the form and that the requests get handled in the order they're received. She knows this. She understands this. She knows this to be fair. But her event is three days from today, and she's not sure if maintenance will even read her request by then. 
She happens to know Dave in the de- maintenance department pretty well. So she goes straight to Dave and basically asks him to drop everything and get this old carpet tile replaced with some new carpet tile right away. She's pretty sure that Dave and his team have this particular carpet tile in stock because she saw them replacing some carpet tiles in another part of the building earlier today. In fact, that's what reminded her that she hadn't put the request in. (laughs) Well, seriously, she never puts a request in when she needs something for maintenance. She always just goes straight to Dave. Sometimes she has to impatiently stand there and tell Dave all the details as he fills out the form on her behalf. Now, Dave has a great relationship with Jennifer. Well, except for the part where he's resentful of her for not following the process that his team has for requests that come in. But other than that, they get along well. They talk about sports and dogs and they have some shared interests, so it's easy for them to be collegial and feel connected at work. And Dave is a relationship guy. He wants everyone to stay friends and stay connected and get what they want. So he often drops everything to help Jennifer with her requests. Now, in addition to his slight resentment toward her, he also falls behind on other projects and he ends up feeling overwhelmed. He and his team already have a lot to do and like most teams, they're shorthanded. And requests like Jennifer's make his day worse, tipping him into stress that could lead to burnout. So this hypothetical situation of Jennifer and Dave is pretty much what's going on with the teams that I was working with last week. Now, I gave them some strategies then, but today I'm going to go into a bit more depth and share some additional strategies and thinking on the topic. Now, telling someone no at work can be challenging to be sure, and it's an important skill to master in order to set boundaries, in order to manage your own workload, and in order to maintain your own productivity. Let's dive first into boundaries. As I said earlier, it's passive aggressive to say yes when you mean no. You are clearly violating your own boundaries, and the only thing that will come from that is resentment. Every time you're saying yes to someone else, you're saying no to someone or something else. If that no is to your own work, That is, you're sacrificing your own work time to do something for someone else or do someone else's work. You're saying no to yourself. Now, in order to manage and respect your own boundaries, you need to be clear about your priorities so that you can say yes to yourself and yes to others when you mean to say yes. So what's most important to you? Without anyone's specific circumstances clouding your judgment, what will you say yes to? And what will you say no to? Now, of course, context is important as well. It also includes who. Who will you say yes to? And who will you say no to? Does it matter if it's your boss or your boss's boss? It's important for you to be clear on these things in the abstract so that you're ready when specific circumstances arise. Before you can say no to a request, You need to know your own priorities and your own boundaries. Understand your current workload, your deadlines, and your commitments to determine if you have the capacity to take on additional tasks. Now, when you're violating your own boundaries, you'll feel resentful. Sometimes you'll feel resentful right in the moment. Other times you might feel helpful and cheerful in the moment but you will feel resentful later in the day or later in the week when you're feeling overwhelmed 
because you stopped your own work and you dropped everything to help others. If you say yes to every request, it can lead to an overwhelming workload and potential burnout. And you might not even fully recognize that resentment and that that overload is leading to your sense of burnout. It might just be that you have a low level of stress that you're feeling all the time. Saying no professionally and respectfully will give you some breathing space. It will help you honor your own boundaries and manage your own workload. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. So how exactly do you say no? Here are some guidelines. First, be consistent and firm. It's really important to be consistent. You need to be consistent with your no so that people are not confused. You also need to be consistent across the board. If Dave in maintenance always says yes to Jennifer, but he says no to Anna for a very similar request, then he's playing favorites, and that's going to lead to an additional pile of trouble. So stick to your decisions and keep your decisions universal unless there are significant changes in circumstances, and then you're going to want to explain those circumstances when you give a yes. Next, Use active listening. When someone makes a request, actively listen to their needs and concerns. This way, you ensure that you know what you're saying no to. Also, by listening closely, you can show empathy and understanding, and then you can establish a more constructive dialogue and find alternatives that might be more feasible to the other person than a simple no. You might be able to help them solve the problem or get what they need or what they want without you doing anything except helping them brainstorm a bit. Now, when it comes to actually saying no, let's look at the specific words that you'll use when you say no. Now, it's okay to start with an adverb like unfortunately, but you don't have to. You can launch right into your no with, I'm unable to do that for you. I want you to think critically for a moment about the difference between I can't and I don't. I can't makes it sound like it's not your choice. It also sounds like there might be some room for negotiation. So if I say I can't, you might be inclined to say back to, oh, but can't you do it for me just this once? For me, please? When you use the phrase I don't, On the other hand, it sounds very different. Your boundary is built right into that phrase. It's a matter of principle. This is not something there's room to negotiate on. It might sound like this. I don't take requests that come in without the proper documentation, and I don't process requests out of order. 
Then, if you need to, follow that up with a reason. The reason starts with the word because. The human brain loves to know why. And because is the signal that the why is coming. I don't take requests that come in without the proper documentation. And I don't process requests out of order. Because then the people who have followed the process will not get their needs met in a timely fashion. So lean on the words, I don't, rather than the words, I can't. It works in your personal life as well. If one of my kids wants me to pick them up after school and give them a ride home instead of taking the bus, and I am not kidding you, this happened yesterday. I got an email request from a kid requesting that they that I pick them up after school. Now, if I say I can't, it invites the question back, well, why? Why can't you come and get me? On the other hand, if I say I don't, I will be more likely to share the reason right along with the I don't, and I will not leave any room for negotiation. And for me, it sounds like this, and in fact, this is exactly the email that I sent back yesterday. I don't leave work early to pick a kid up from school unless we have planned it in advance. So there's no room for negotiation there. They see my boundary that I don't do that unless we have a prior arrangement. So the same for you. When you say I don't, your boundary will be clear. It's clear to you and it's clear to the other person. And finally, my final guideline for you is to practice. This is what I had people do in my workshop last week. I had them think of a request that they get regularly, that they would like to say no to, that they typically say yes to, and I had them practice with a partner. When you are conditioned to say yes, you definitely need to practice in advance. Find a trusted colleague or friend that you can practice with, role play different situations and scenarios to build your confidence, and find the right words to express your position effectively. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you've probably also heard me say, practice wherever an opportunity presents itself to you. So if you are inclined to say yes a lot at work and you wish you could say no more at work, then practice saying no in your personal life, whether that's to your children, whether that's to a friend or a neighbor or somebody who is asking you for something that you would rather say no to. Tell them that you won't or you can't or you don't. Tell them that you don't. I don't drop everything to come to school and pick you up. I don't, whatever it is. Go ahead and practice wherever the opportunity presents itself because as you begin to build that muscle, you will be stronger with that muscle in any aspect of your work and your life. Saying no has so many benefits. It demonstrates your assertiveness and your leadership. It keeps you focused on your own goals. It preserves your mental well-being. It helps prevent burnout. Now, one final note. If you are a yes person and you have been for a long time, I want to encourage you to do some personal work on that. If you are living your life for other people's approval, you're always going to be wanting. You're always going to be unsatisfied and you're rarely going to be happy. Find yourself a coach like me or a therapist or some other trained professional who can help you work on that so that you can get to know. And along the way, you will also get to know, that is a K-N-O-W, you will get to know yourself so much better. I promise you that. 
All right, my friends, that's what I've got for you today. If you enjoy this content and you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and knock that little bell so that you get notified every time there's a new episode out. I'm also making some other video there and sharing some other content. So even if you listen on a podcast player, you're going to want to head over to youtube.com forward slash Janelle Anderson PhD and subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Wherever you're listening or watching, please leave me a review if that's an option that's available. It helps other listeners find the show and it just plain all makes me feel good. Until next time, my friends, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.